Hello and welcome to episode 18, I think, of Turning Earth. Um, today we're hosting the Joint Committee on Bullshit <laughs> because um, a number of things have happened recently. I suppose the, the government have released a climate action plan, I believe it's called. Um, a very ambitious and glossy looking plan for how they're going to adapt the country and plan for uh, the changing climate that we're, we're that we find ourselves living in. Um and at the same time, they're handing out new licenses for oil and gas exploration. They're handing out uh, mining licenses. Uh, they're increasing dairy production. And basically, they're saying one thing and doing the polar opposite, uh, or in some cases, just doing nothing, which is nearly better than doing the polar opposite. Um, so today, I'm joined by Rachel from Not Here, Not Anywhere. Um, so how are you, Rachel? How's it going? How's it going? <laughs> um, I suppose to start us off, do you want to just tell us... Uh, Maybe a bit about yourself, how you got involved in the campaign, and what I know we had uh, Richard and Aideen on before, mm. but just to, for those who didn't hear that episode, you could tell us maybe what not here, not anywhere are all about, and what you've been getting up to recently. Uh, we are a non-political grassroots group, um, and our focus is on stopping new fossil fuel infrastructure and uh, opposing drilling in Irish waters. Uh, so that's been the main focus of our campaign. Um, so till now we've been working a lot on banning, um, there was a new giant, one of the biggest frack gas terminals in Europe was due to be built. So that was a major campaign for us. And since then we've been working on trying to get the climate emergency measures bill passed. Okay. You mentioned that the, the, that's the liquefied natural gas platform. Yeah. What's, yeah. What stage is that at now? Um, that was actually the high court rules uh came down on the side of the environment for once in that state. Um really? Case. Yeah. I didn't hear about that. That's, class. That's fucking brilliant. <laughs> I know. Sometimes the man has your back like he's not all bad. Um yeah, it was uh because of a planning issue because there was a lot of kind of sketchiness going on there with mm. Board Planala extending a license that they shouldn't have to this uh LNG terminal. So the court ruled that it would have to be passed on to the European court uh, for Europe to decide, which meant that it was an extra 18 months or two years like delay for them. Mm. And in the meantime, they've decreased the size of the project. And I mean, it looks like it might not go ahead at all now, which is okay. like a massive uh, relief. That's for class, us, yeah. 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 Would there be a final decision made on that in a year and a half? Uh, we don't even know for sure. It could mean like there hasn't been any developments since other than that we know the project has been decreased in size, but um, it could be game over totally or it could rise up. Um, like Cork LNG is another one that, again, that could pop up into being and we could have to start throwing all our energies into yeah. opposing that next but yeah for now it's a bit of a breeder so we were focusing on um yeah, the first battles won anyway yeah that's, that's it. great that's really good um so these are focusing on the climate emergency measures bill now you know, i'm sure many people have heard about that uh, in the news recently because it was uh it was a bill brought forward by breed smith from mm -hmm. people for profit is that right yeah yeah and um uh, it was a very sensible bill by uh, as far yeah. as we can see it was about just about banning or like to prohibiting new fossil fuel exploration licenses. Yeah, it? that was very much it. It was while uh, carbon is at 350 ppm, as in like dangerously high, that they couldn't hand out new licenses. Um, 
the government has been trying to spin this as you just want to cut off the supply of gas altogether and we're we're going to be left high and dry. It's mm. not about that. It's just about handing out new licences. Uh, and just uh, for people who don't know, we've mentioned it a bit on the show before, but just... Uh, PPM that means parts per parts million. Parts per million, yeah. And it's yeah. uh, it's it measures the amount of carbon dioxide yeah. in the atmosphere. Yeah. I think what we we evolved in an environment where it was was it two hundred parts per million or something like that. I couldn't even t- <laughs> tell you. I know three fifty, but I know it's it's up. Is it up around four hundred now? Um, I think it could be four twenty. I think I don't want to. Say. Three, yeah, but it's 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 uh, it's 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 much higher than uh the um, the atmosphere that we evolved in as a species. Of course, and, and we're uh, like we've already like a couple of days ago they said that it was now instead of it being eleven years left to turn things around, it's now eighteen months that we have to reduce emissions enough. Because of the various tipping points that we're reaching now yeah, with the melting yeah. ice and all the rest of it. And sure, we see like now Iceland's officially like lost its first glacier. Right, yeah, yeah. Definitely a good time to stop handing out new licenses. Yeah, yeah, and I think I know it's it's been the, the conventional wisdom for a few years now that all oil and gas reserves that are in the ground need to stay in the ground if we're going to have any hope of yeah. uh, of stopping this this crisis before it gets totally out of hand. Because if once it passes a certain tipping point, there's nothing we can do about it at all anymore. So we really have to act That's fast it. now. Um, so with all that in mind, how have Fianna Gael responded to the climate emergency measures <laughs> bill? Um, well, they were surprisingly, it, like the Climate Emergency Measures Bill actually passed two stages already, even Fianna Fáil had supported it, which is why um, Fianna Gael had to turn around and pull a dirty trick to try and block it because they knew it was likely to pass the third stage. Um, so what they did was they issued what's called a money message. So... According to the Constitution, um, which makes complete sense, if a bill, a new law is going to, uh, it said, for the appropriation of revenue, if a, if a law is going to actually, if it's designed to spend money, then the people in charge of public finances get to, like, veto it, essentially, which is fine, like, that's that ensures that, you know, the government can run smoothly and stuff. So we're not saying. So does that mean? Sorry, if 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 it, it's in the constitution that if someone's putting forward a bill that involves spending government money, yeah, like significant. If if it's designed specifically to spend money, yeah. Um, but they're now applying that to all sorts of bills that would cause like incidental expenditure, like small amounts of money, mm. um. So that's not what the constitution, that's not what that rule was designed for. Yeah, yeah. It's just because Fianna Gael are a minority in government at the moment. So essentially it's like, I mean, like I didn't vote for Fianna Gael. Um, lots of people didn't, but it's pretty much like they're getting to veto any new laws they don't like. So it's not, even if you disagree with any of, even if for whatever reason you disagree with the Climate Emergency Measures Bill or like the bill to stop employers stealing tips from hospitality workers or any of the other bills. Why wouldn't you be against that? (laughs) I know. (laughs) Um, Like it's still, it's still an abuse of democracy. I mean, it's democracy 101. Mm. You know, the majority vote shouldn't be overruled by minority vote. 
So um, what we're like, they're applying this to all sorts of bills, even even with the climate emergency measures bill, like they've said there's evidence there. They've even said in the past this is not going to cost the government money. Mm. They've been caught out so many times that, yeah, they, they've claimed that they'll have to repay license fees to companies. That's not true. Yeah, I think I, re- I read about that before that they, they were saying that so a company pays a fee to apply apply for an oil and gas exploration license and in their reasoning for putting in the money message to block the bill they said that they would have to repay these application fees to companies yeah uh, in order to uh if if the bill was to go ahead yeah they what they've also said before in their own literature that that's that there is no provision in the law for that to happen and no. it's also that would be a ridiculous thing Exactly. To exist anywhere, like that's just not, just not how it works. Yeah, and it's it was pointed out as well. It's like, um, say during the the crash and financial emergency, they, you know, pulled out all sorts of stops and over, overrode all sorts of other laws to make sure that they could do what they felt was necessary to deal with the financial crisis. But then when it comes to the climate crisis, they're like, now nah, we can't uh, possibly change rules in you know and impede like getting the way of what the oil and gas companies mm. want to be done yeah it's it seems like it's down to who has uh who has the money to bend their ear so that's it yeah. during the crash it was the banks yeah um and, and now it's, it's the oil and gas industry um there's been a lot of uh things coming out recently there was a freedom of information act that um revealed that uh, it was at least 50 times over the last two years the government had been meeting with oil and gas lobbyists and those are just the ones that are on the record. We also know that there's unrecorded meetings happening as well. So, and then there's... Uh, That's an twice o- a month, 50 times twice a year. Twice a month, years, yeah. yeah. And then when you've got um, senior government advisors going to work in the oil and gas lobby like there's at least three of them and I mean how how are they going to be impartial it's just it's just like way too cosy a relationship mm. yeah yeah so it's uh, the same social circles kind of yeah yeah absolutely yeah, it definitely seems that way um so can you explain again just briefly explain again that the, the, what, what the money message is exactly so it basically just means that if they deem it to be relevant to the finance that if, if money's gonna to have to be spent they can just essentially block it and stop in its tracks. Yeah. But that's yeah. but that's it's it's dishonest to say that that's what's going on in this bill. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's been um like when they've given evidence elsewhere that that's not going to be the case, especially for say for the objective sex education bill. Um they said that, that would incur like huge expense but that would just be covered by the existing funding for training teachers and then um, like with the occupied territories bill as well that's I mean that's boycotting goods that's yeah, not yeah. investing in more so yeah it's it's just why, why they were using it to block that as well sorry they were using it to block that as well uh, that was money message as well so there's uh, it depends how you def- fine it apparently but there's at least 50 bills that have been blocked there's the um the waste reduction bill and that was again that wouldn't have been the government spending money that cost would have been put on to the industry mm. you know so 
completely disingenuous to turn mm. around and say that that's going to cost us money. Yeah, there's uh, there's so many other other bills that have been. It's like the majority of them really getting blocked. Anything coming forward from mm. the opposition, and uh, because they're in too weak a position to actually block it in 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 the doll, they're using this uh, this money message clause. Yeah. To block it, okay. Yeah. yeah, that's it. I was I was reading about that all right in relation to the the, the emergency measures bill, the climate emergency measures bill, um, and a few other excuses they gave. Uh, was the um, that in the terms and conditions of the license, it there's a it allows the companies to claim compensation. Yeah. That, that's it's not true. No. Um, and as well, they were kind of scaremongering. You hear this a lot. They were scaremongering about being reliant on Russian gas. Yeah. Uh, and how Brexit <laughs> is going to stop us from. Uh, taking supply from England and none of that's true because there's a, there's already a, a European trading platform for gas called Prisma that's got nothing to do yep. with the EU that we're all locked into so um, the Brexit isn't going to affect our own gas supply at all That was said by the, the government themselves or the, the CORU the Commission for Regulation of Utilities they said um, even in the event of a no-deal Brexit this trade in gas and electricity will continue and like they said, uh, flows of gas between Great Britain and Ireland take place through gas interconnectors and they'll continue to be used and trade will be unaffected. But then you have Richard Bruton saying that, oh, if Brexit happens, then Ireland's gas could be completely cut off. And then... It's just scaremongering. Scaremongering. And it's completely disingenuous as well to be saying, um, oh, you want to make us reliant on Russia and Saudi Arabia when most of our gas is coming from North Sea, yeah. like from Norway and Scotland. So it's it's not going to make any difference. And also, it's completely contradictory. They're saying um, we need it for energy security. But at the same time, even if you go onto the website of um, several of the, like I think it was Providence Resources, they said themselves that there's no guarantee of a find. It's Ireland's one of the worst places to go looking for oil and gas. So mm. if you're relying on those new licenses to for our energy security, like you're barking up the wrong tree. Mm. And uh, aside from the fact as well, it's like it takes years from actually if you do find something for that actually to be made available to the market and again there's no guarantee that they will sell it to Ireland it's like it's going to be sold onto the market there's no guarantee that they'll sell it to us at a cheaper rate we won't even really get tax like Ireland is one of the lowest tax rates for oil and gas fines um, and then if they're handing out licenses to Chinese state owned corporations and then turning around and saying like that you shouldn't I mean, what's the difference between China being involved or Russia yeah, being yeah. involved? And it's just very easy nowadays to say Russia and Russia yeah. backs up for some reason. Yeah, they use that same excuse with the LNG platform. It's like, oh, we have to build yeah. this, otherwise we'd be reliant on Russian and Saudi Euro- or Middle Eastern gas because you know they're the big scary words. It's the cold, cold war mentality. Yeah. yeah, and even um, as though relying on the US is any less terrifying. Exactly. And uh, even I see here like David Horgan from Petrol Resources. Um, he was attacking, I think it was people before profit because they said, uh, oh, you want to make Ireland reliant on Russian gas. But his company was trying to build an LNG terminal in Crimea right. with, with a Russian gas and oil company. So yeah. it just goes to show it's like they... <laughs> there's just so many holes in their argument, but... Um, 
one of the issues trying to get people involved is that, as Breed Smith pointed out, a lot of this is very boring. Like you're yeah. trying, <laughs> trying to get people motivated and you start talking about fossil fuels and stuff and government standing orders and yada, yada, yada. But I mean, at the end of the day, like it's it's a democratic issue and it's an environmental issue and yeah, then it involves yeah. so many other people as well. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a difficult thing to wrap the head around and you don't really see the kind of uh, it's not you can't believe really, you can't really perceive it as a threat as direct threat because it's not like the housing issue or um, or jobs or just yeah. or fuel poverty or stuff like that. It's linked to all this stuff, obviously. Yeah, it's heavily, heavily linked to it all, but it's not um, it's not something you can see right in front of you. And when you start talking about parliamentary procedure, know, my eyes glaze over just trying to learn <laughs> about it. Do you know what I mean? So it's 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 well, hard those, to kind of keep up the keep up the pressure about it. It's worth mentioning though as well that the money message also affects the housing crisis because there's at least two bills that relate to homelessness. There's the anti eviction bill that would stop uh, landlords um, kick, kicking out tenants when they're and claiming that they're doing it because they're renovating the house is one rent evictions um then there's a homeless families bill that was put forward as well um to give uh homeless children more rights to to housing that was one that, and again that was passed by doll majority and blocked by money message so these well. are all bills that were passed through the doll by a vote by uh, our elected representatives and they were blocked then using yeah, this yeah i can't actually say for all of them, because there's fifty bills. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not an expert on all of them. So some of them might have been blocked using it before they were passed necessarily. Uh, that could be the case. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. but yeah, with the occupied territories bill that had support all around, yeah. and yeah, that had a money message slapped on it. So, it's and mad, the climate emergency mad. measures bill, of course. And what can uh, and so because that's written into the constitution, it can't be. You can't get rid of it necessarily, but is there? There must be. Is there any? What can be done about the fact that they're clearly using it in a sort of dishonest and they're using it inappropriately? Yeah, it's actually the constitution is. It's not the constitution that's the issue. It's the standing orders need to be amended to bring the standing orders in line with the constitution. So, it's actually quite an easy fix because we're not asking for the constitution to be changed. Um, What we need to do is put pressure on TDs to amend the standing orders when they come back in September Aren't after you, recess. Yeah. yeah. Is that something that not here and any who are working on at the moment? Yeah, we're trying mm. to um, get a petition going and mm. reaching out to other groups that were affected. Uh, we held a protest a few weeks ago um, that was co-hosted by like transgender, uh, transgender rights group and housing groups and refugee, refugee groups and a Sadak at Palestinian uh, solidarity campaign as well. So mm. just anybody who's who's been affected, um, like we want all of them. It's like there's we really need to get pressure going because it's not just about Fianna Gael as well. It's like uh, if some other party ends up in the same position after the next election, they could use this to their own ends as well. Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, is, is it is, is this something that's happened before? Do you know? Because I've never heard of it before ever. I think that it didn't come up before because, as far as I'm aware, we weren't in a position where there was a minority government. Yeah, yeah. 
like this. So, yeah, I suppose the potential was always there, but there was no need to no use, need to use it. it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I suppose if, if there's one thing to focus on in terms of kind of driving home how, how important this is, it's that, first of all, there's no... All these things are being essentially stolen from the land, mm. sold on for profits, telling the pockets of a small number of people. There's no, as you mentioned earlier, there's no very little tax on these projects, yeah. whether it's oil and gas or minerals, very little tax, no royalties. That was mm-hmm. all done away with decades ago. Um, and just look at who's welcoming this stuff. I mean, it's the the IOA way. Is that the Irish Offshore Operations Operators Association? Yeah, yeah, the head of that, Mandy Johnson, mm. claims that using our own oil and gas is good for the environment. Not just not just that it's not as bad, but that it's yeah. good for the environment. <laughs> um, despite what the majority of uh, climate scientists yeah. the world over are saying, not just climate scientists, but scientists of all different disciplines, um, there there's very few people dissenting the opinion that fossil fuels are causing the climate crisis and that yeah. we need to leave them in the ground at this stage. Yeah, it's far too late to kind of ease off it. We need to like a quick stop now, you know. That's it. And the more you folk, the more investment you put into fossil fuels, the less there is. Like we saw that with um, with LNG, like they say, oh, LNG is great. It displaces coal in America. So it's liquid natural gas. Um, But when they've done studies, it doesn't just displace coal. It displaces wind and it displaces solar because once you start extracting it, you're not going to not use it when it's there. That's actually, we mentioned the LNG platform earlier, but I don't know if we actually delved into what that is. Uh, it's, it's, uh, we also would have brought that up on this podcast before, but just for anyone who doesn't know, LNG, as you said, means liquefied natural gas. And what was proposed and successfully, well, for now at least, blocked by not here and anywhere down in the in Kerry, was it? Yeah. Yeah, uh, it was a liquefied natural gas, gas platform. So essentially, gas would be fracked, so extracted using a really uh, destructive and just insane extractive process in the States turned to liquid, then shipped over the Atlantic and then re-gasified here in Ireland and then uh, piped onto the European network. Um, and they were saying that this was somehow more environmentally friendly than using peat. But with the amount of end-to-end p- pollution and, and methane m- emissions leaks, there, that's the big uh, issue as well. Methane, of course, yeah, which yeah. is a much more potent greenhouse gas than even CO2 is. Um, you, might, you might as well just keep burning peat as far as, yeah. as doing that, you know. Um, so that that's that's what LNG is. Um Freedom gas, as it's called. Freedom gas, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I heard that term already. Freedom price. Yeah. Um, so that's what the state are doing in terms of, in terms of fossil fuels. Um, and the really kind of insidious thing about that, I think, is if you look at, say, the Climate Action Plan, for example, mm. um, which is a collection of different plans about how they're going to adapt and plan for the, the changing world that we're moving into. Um, there's very few solid plans in it, but one of the few things that is actually detailed how they're going to carry out is the carbon tax. Yeah, uh, it's going to increase. Let me find my notes here. Uh, so it's going to increase over the next ten years to eighty euro per ton. Um, and this is also at the same time that the the CSO. I read an article on the RTE website. The CSO identified that the state are spending four point one billion on environmentally damaging subsidies each year. Yeah. But one of the subsidies that they chose that RTE chose to focus on were the fuel allowance for poor families, for low income households to alleviate fuel poverty as an environmentally damaging subsidy. So what what the the, the situation the state's creating here is essentially that the only option we're really being left with for heating our homes and running our vehicles is uh oil and gas, fossil fuels. But at the same time, they're going to be taxing it more heavily. Yeah. And as you said there, that 
if you if you put loads of investment into this infrastructure, it ne- necessarily detracts from the investment you can put into renewables. So yeah. they're not really leaving us with a choice. It's just this is the only thing you can have, but you have to spend more money on it. Exactly. Yeah. And then um, yeah, there's a lot of focus on uh, like EVs putting an extra one million electric ve- vehicles on on the road, um, which is fairly ambitious apparently in a, even in a good economy and we don't know post-Brexit how feasible that's going to be. So, um, d- yeah, at the same time, like they they slashed uh, spending on cycling infrastructure from 25 million down to 8 million from 2015 to 2018. Mm. So they're not going for like the low-hanging fruit here. It's just, they just want to it's very heavily dependent on electric vehicles and, yeah, just business as usual when it comes yeah, to. Yeah. Like they're afraid that they're afraid to shake things up too much. Yeah, but absolutely. By by doing that, they're they're setting us up for a major a major fall in a few years' time. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what the climate action plan is all about. It's just more of the same, as far as I can tell. Um, there's also nothing in it about in terms of agriculture. Uh, there's no explicit mention of reducing the the dairy herd. No, and that's a, that's a huge part of our our emissions as a country. I think it's a thirty thirty more than thirty percent of our emissions come from dairy. Um, well, Leo is cutting down on meat apparently. Oh yeah, yeah. well thank God for that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's an example to us all. <laughs> yeah. God bless him. Um, but as well as that, they're the IFA are accusing them of making sellout deals with the EU because there's that EU South America trade deal mm, Mercosur. to Mercosur yeah. yeah so it's to uh, is it if I understand correctly it's to it's just to increase import and export between the EU and Brazil and or South America in general yeah yeah that's especially worrying when you look at what's going on in the Amazon right now where exactly. I think it's like yeah. is it's been destroyed at a rate of a few football pitches yeah like three football pitches a minute I don't know is that uh, I think that's true. I'd need to check, yeah. but it also that sounds insane. But that's what I read. You know what I yeah, mean? Like, yeah, yeah. And also, the indigenous people are obviously suffering extremely from that. Yeah, yeah. Under Bolsonaro, he's basically stripped away any protections that they have won over the last few decades, uh, which were all extremely difficultly fought for. Yeah. yeah. Um, because they just had no rights for a long time, and then years of activism and community organising on their part, they finally won these protections so that they're. Their uh, their habitat and their home could be kept kept going, and that's just been stripped away now by this uh, crypto fascist, if you call, mm. could call him that, Bolsonaro. Um, and actually, the Amazon, um, there's research has come out recently to show that the reason there's a that there's so much human food there is because of uh, an early form of agroforestry that it's the people true, there practice. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like as as a global culture, as a global species, we could learn so much from what the early human settlers of the Amazon did in terms of, like, building a sustainable society. Yeah. And instead we're logging it. Or, well, Bolsonaro's government are logging it to sell meat to us. That's it, It's yeah. just really twisted, like. And very yeah. few people are actually even benefiting. At least there... I am glad to see there's been more uh, talk about, more questioning of the whole, like, growth mantra. Do we... Why should we automatically want our economies to grow year after year? Mm. And who's benefiting from it? I am pleased to say, like, with all the bad news and stuff over the last few years, that there has been more challenging of the that sort of growth dogma. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's really important, all right, because you kind of, 
it's just something you grow up kind of taking for granted. You, the words economic growth yeah. means economic health. Yeah. But that's total madness when you think about it. Because if you think about how, think about it in the in your body, if yeah. something keeps growing, that's cancer, isn't it? That's, <laughs> yeah. That's a bad thing. You want things that need to be stable and, you know. Yeah. You think about the circular economy related to your circulatory system. You know, things are kept moving and that's how things are kept healthy. Yeah. And it's been said so many times you can't have infinite growth on a finite planet. Yeah, yeah. They keep acting as if that's perfectly feasible, but then they turn around and tell you that you're mad for like wanting to, for expecting to get more power from sun and wind. And that's all pie in the sky, but... So yeah, that's the crack. Nobody's happy, really. Not not the farmers, not the vegans. Nobody, nobody's happy with the way things are going. And that's kind of something that uh, I would have had maybe a bit of reluctance before to um, to talk too much about animal farming because I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to be shitting on the farmers. Mm. I don't want to be shitting on the people who are food producers in this country. But when I looked into it, none of this stuff benefits the small farmer in any way. It's all. It's it's all for the benefit of the large scale meat producers who are producing for export. Yeah. Um. So it's all this like globalized economy, which has no. The the governments that globally that feed into that don't seem to have any kind of care given for how it's affecting the people on the ground in their own countries, and we're seeing that played out here, where um, like going back to that CSO study listed under the the environmentally damaging subsidies, there's pretty much all farm subsidies are are considered environmentally mm. damaging. Because they're all encouraging that kind of thing. Yeah. Now, there's no reason, technically, if they can spare like one or two billion to subsidise all this stuff, why not subsidise them for doing something else, for like uh, maintaining habitats or maintaining wild wild habitats or exactly uh, or micro generation schemes as well. I'm sure, yeah, yeah. For, like who wouldn't who wouldn't want that? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, there's plenty plenty of options. There's just no, it doesn't seem to be the will there politically to do it. As we keep saying, it's not about how possible it is it's about do we have the political will to make yeah. these changes and also yeah. there's a lot of talk about beef farmers but we're down to I think there's only 155 um, farms left growing or farmers left growing fruit and veg now um, yeah, yeah. so because it's not profitable yeah that's yeah. it so it's like why not look at those those people as well yeah. instead of just using using beef farmers as a stick to beat the rest of us <laughs> yeah 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 how do we how do we expand the because you know we need to eat fruit and vegetables yeah. uh, everything else aside like we need yeah. to eat fruit and vegetables so let's let's expand that um so we're, we're just nearly time for us to finish up now it's been about half an hour um so do you want to maybe tell us what's on the horizon for not here not anywhere where what are you focusing on and i suppose as well how, how can people get involved if they want to get involved um, so we're always looking for new members. So uh, that's one thing you can do is you can come along to one of our meetings at 6pm on Mondays if you want to get involved. Um, while the doll is in recess, we're trying to build up um, support uh, to amend the standing orders. So you can keep up to date on that by following our Facebook page. That's not here, not anywhere. Um, Friends of the Earth and Stop Climate Chaos have email templates you can send to your TDs to put pressure on them to save the Climate Emergency Measures Bill. And we'll have a petition up soon to um, kind of get the, in regards to the standing orders, getting those amended. So that'll be a broader one to do with like all the issues that are being affected. 
so another thing we're campaigning on is that there's proposed licenses for fracking in Fermanagh. Um, obviously, fracking was banned in our in the Republic in 2017, but there's still a risk that Tamboran, a British company, are going to start fracking soon. And uh, there's two more days left to raise objections to the Northern Irish government. So we'd advise or ask people to go onto the Friends of the Earth website and send in their objections to that. And uh, further down the line, uh, so we're also building towards the 20th of September. Um, Greta Thunberg has called a general strike for that day. So if you, again, if you follow our Facebook page and you can stay posted. Sound. Um, Grant, shall we leave it at that for today? The next episode of Turning Earth will be uh, focusing on gold mining, specifically up in what's going on up in Tyrone around Greencastle and Gorchina. I was up there last week interviewing some of the activists who've uh, occupied occupied the proposed site of the processing plant. Um, so we'll be you'll be hearing about from them, uh, and it will also be the launch of our Patreon page so that we can fund. Uh, travel expenses and other production expenses and stuff like that so keep an eye out for that one uh, and I forgot to mention at the start as usual this podcast is sponsored by Glushocht. Uh the views expressed here are not necessarily that of Glushocht. so if we say anything that you don't like uh, give out to me don't give out to Glushocht. thanks very much um, and just in general if you want to ask any questions or make any corrections to things we've said arseways Give us an email on turningearthradio at gmail.com or get in touch on Facebook or Twitter. You'll find us there under Turning Earth.